This is Conversation of the Birds, a story set to music. New chapters released weekly. Written, composed, and read by Jamie Holcomb. You're listening to The Third Valley. As our birds enter into this new landscape, new trouble threatens to tear apart the flock. Each bird has his own purpose, and oftentimes those purposes work against each other. How will they reconcile these competing wills? Let's listen. The sun rose and the next day was brought into effect. Altogether, nearly 40 birds, including the bleary-eyed owls and nightjar, and the black birds back from their long vigil and service for the dead, the coterie of birds arose together to set out into the dawn. The hoopa at the head, the ibis and dove beside him, bravely they led the birds. By imagination and insight, they followed their hope into the mystery of this new day. What would happen next, they each wondered dimly, into the shadows beyond their knowledge, they wondered. But for the hummingbird, he had already decided what today's mission would be. At the back of the flock, with his wide wings spread, as if to contain the whole body of birds before him, the vulture was gliding in somber reflection. Out of the pink, that blue bullet flashed. So how was your night, said the hummingbird. The vulture contemplated the bird buzzing bluely in his eye, and he yawned. All was in accord, he said. Why are you even here? You should be back with the dogs. I'm sure you all enjoyed your midnight snack. You, said the vulture, are going to be delicious. A harsh snickering boiled up from below them, and the pair of arguers looked down to see the red-headed woodpecker flapping upwards. Couldn't help but overhear you boys, said the woodpecker. Sounds like you could use a little arbitration to settle this disagreement. He started it, said the vulture. Me? The hummingbird sputtered and fumed. Why, you evil? Now, now, said the woodpecker. This is just the reason for me to poke my beak in here. He chuckled again, his high nasal laugh piercing the surrounding rush of air. As I understand it, you boys have a wager going. Hope you aren't reneging on your stakes. He cocked his head at the hummingbird. I stand by our bet, said the hummingbird, and he glared at the vulture. But after last night, I think it's time you and your muddle-headed cousin found some place else to foul up. Sounds like he's backing out, said the vulture to the woodpecker. Then it's settled, the woodpecker said. What you fellas need is a contract. Bluely, blackly, both birds stared back at the woodpecker. Something in writing, their lawyer said. That way, why the vulture could land right here, and then the hummingbird will be bound by law and find you. Once we do, or don't, find the smurg. What's to prevent him from lying, said the vulture. The smurg is already a fairy tale. My word, said the hummingbird. Unlike you, I'm honest. Me, said the vulture. Out of all of you, I'm the only person who finds this fabricated mythology to be at all dubious. I'm the bird who sticks to the facts, you daydreaming son of a... Now, now, said the woodpecker, this is why we need to hash all this out in the contract. Come with me, fellas. We'll land down in these treetops up ahead and we'll settle the whole thing. Don't worry, we'll catch up to the rest of the flock once we get you two squared. Like that, the woodpecker lured the hummingbird and the vulture down to the edging of a great jungle where the tiny fleas and mites that festered in his filthy feathers took wing to spread the word to their companions. All throughout this world, there are untold hordes of verminous beings. Some are gentle and sweet, at least in their appearance towards man, while others are pure in their sinister intent. Weaving creatures hide in wait, are they any different from a massive beast that stalks the shadows, hidden in its own net of black brocade? The insects can be quite hideous to us in their inhuman forms, but they do love and recreate. Who's to say that their murderous rituals, the decapitation by a female mantis of her spent lover, for example, or the insatiable jaw of a poisonous centipede wrapping its myriad legs around the egg of an unborn hatchling? Who can say that the hearts of worms don't feel honor or joy or some other stew of emotions, all in chthonic inflection? Who can say that the shell of a beetle doesn't house a rainbow, even if all of the colors are in grayscale? 
In the jungle in particular, an incalculable variety of insects preponderates in every secret corner. Phantasmodia masquerade as leaf-laden twigs, while yellow spiders hide as dots of decay on the waxy leaves of mango trees. Everywhere throughout the soil, worms dig and caterpillars dream of their futures in flower-filled skies. And all the villains play their part hungrily. Even the centipedes and water dragons fight to see another sunrise. It was into just such a jungle that the woodpecker now lured the bickering birds to perch at the base of a banyan tree. Those wild roots sprawled like stiff vines tangling over the earth in a tide of undulations. The vulture found a hump of root to claw while the hummingbird fluttered about his head. The woodpecker said, Now let me just scratch us off a pad of parchment. He nailed the banyan's webbing trunk and proceeded to scrabble by his talons up the tree. Together, the plaintiffs watched the lawyer claw his way upwards. Nice flowers, said the vulture, partly to the hummingbird, partly to the purple trumpets flourishing from the creepers that wrapped all of the surrounding trees. The hummingbird turned up his nose and huffed. The thing about wood, said the woodpecker, is that you've got to find the weak spot, maybe where the bark is already starting to peel. A crack resounded as he shot his lightning beak at the tree trunk. A strip of bark flapped free to float to the feet of the vulture. We're gonna need more than that, said the woodpecker, the way you two have been arguing. No, sir. He clawed around the trunk as he spoke. We need to find a nice big section where the tree just can't hold it together. Weak bonds, weak bonds, he muttered to himself, and his nature consumed him in his work, for the woodpecker truly loved to peck things apart. So while the traitorous woodpecker distracted them, the vulture and the hummingbird were all unaware of the creatures creeping towards them. Through the beds of rotten mulch, with barely a sound they came, on legs and bellies they crawled, all the multitude of mouths dripping with venomous drool. Meanwhile, somewhere overhead, the company of birds was looking down on the dense canopy. There, the ibis pointed. Suddenly that green mass sank. A river snaked through a scale of trees, curving north to south, and into the east there extended endless jungle. Turn, the hoopah asked his silent advisor, but even as he spoke he was already leaning towards the river. Downwards he spun, leading the birds low to the jungle river that carved out this, the third valley. Below them, glassily, a second company of birds sparkled in that vast mirror, and each bird found his reflection in the river. The air and moisture cooled the birds even as the jungle baked around them. The third valley was a sauna. Oh, can we please stop, came a voice behind the hoopah. A chorus sounded in agreement. All the songbirds were giddy with pleasure. Please, please, they chirped. We have been through something difficult, said the dove to the hoopah. The leader had to sigh. In a moment, the birds had assembled on the boughs of mighty fruit trees, trunks fat with the wealth of water at their feet. The heron and stork stepped into the mud, and even the ibis smiled as he waded in the riverbank. The slow current hummed a pleasant drone in the background while each bird, in his own way, all the pilgrims took a much-needed respite from their long journey. So it was that the hoopah, reclining in the shadow of a vine-laden fig tree, our pink leader began to take an inventory of the birds. This was not really a conscious, intentional accounting of the passengers, rather the process that began then in the mind of the hoopah was like the tumbling of a tower of sand with the addition of a single grain dropped from a sufficient height to send the force of its fall through the body of granules, disrupting the equipoise of the entire structure. Something felt off. His eyes drifted from the long-legged water birds and the ducks and geese paddling in the lazy river to the tiny songbirds dancing in swooping formations around the collections of purple flowers sprouting about the canopy. The buzzard sat in the crook of a tree, puzzling over the hard pith of some overripe jungle fruit. The songbirds danced around the flowers. The buzzard... Where is the hummingbird? Where is the vulture? The hoopah said. He sat upright and scanned the ground beneath him. You, buzzard, where is your cousin? With his beak clamped around the thick fruit nut, the buzzard said, Woodpecker. He snapped his head downwards to bang the nut against the cacophony of roots around him. Yes, said the hoopah, him too. Where are those three? 
and the buzzard explained between beats of his nut how the woodpecker had lured away those arguing birds. What is a leader to do? We must retrieve them, said the hippo. But the dove cooed from her own bath in a pool of water cupped in the bowl of a fat fig leaf, the dove cooed. We need our leader. Without you, we'll be lost. You two called the hoopa. The crow and the pigeon had been tugging either end of a fat caterpillar. Hearing the hoopa's command, the crow released the bug's tail, sending the entire caterpillar rocketing into the pigeon's mouth. While the pigeon sputtered and gurgled, the crow received their orders. You can count on us, said the crow. The pigeon spun in circles, gagging until he finally spit up the worm, which vanished into the forest floor. Gasping, the pigeon said, What? And take him, said the hoopa, nodding his beak to the buzzard, who had not stopped his futile nutcracking. In case your cousin is up to something, said the hoopa. And that way, the crow, the pigeon, and the buzzard were tasked with the retrieval of the lost hummingbird vulture and the traitorous woodpecker. If you don't know how the story turned out, find out in the next installment. This has been Conversation of the Birds, a story set to music, with new chapters released weekly. Written, composed, and read by Jamie Holcomb. Produced by Supermoon. Join us next week for our next installment. If you'd like to check out more from Supermoon, visit us on TikTok or at our website, gosupermoon.com. That's G-O-S-U-P-E-R-M-O-O-N.com. The quest continues next week. <laughs>